Thank you for choosing Talks News, a Portum Rebellion broadcast. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to tell by my voice, but I'm extremely frustrated because this is the third time I've tried to record this episode. And in the middle of my second one, I was 20 minutes deep, and my internet gave out, just like yesterday's episode. But the unfortunate thing is, is I don't have articles today, like I did yesterday. I have videos. So I actually really need the internet to fucking work. Pardon my cursing, but the explicit advisory is already there. So, I'm gonna have to skip all the intro pleasantries and all of that stuff because of how frustrated I am. I did a little coverage of uh, uh, the coronavirus cases uh, and the death toll, which has reached new heights, uh, expected to break 4,000. Possibly in the coming weeks, 4,000 deaths per day. Uh, yesterday we had the highest death toll so far, which I have to say because it seems like we keep breaking that record continuously and we're heading towards 4,000. And uh, I also talked about uh, Google uh, firing a couple of employees while spying on them. So uh, that's that. That was uh, what I was gonna get into, but uh, you know, I wasted 20 minutes doing that before my internet went out. And now I have uh, less patience than I do time. So uh, disregarding all of that, we're going to just get into the, the, the crutch, the, the crux, Jesus. <laughs> My brain's failing me now. Uh, the, the internet works, but the brain seems to be lagging behind. Um, we're going to be getting into uh, the Elliot Page Chronicle here. Because I saw this morning, Charlie Kirk tweeted... There are only two genders, and it's 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 so obvious that all the right wing has to come out of their caves in order to uh, bash anybody who is uh, just trying to be themselves, uh, especially when their self does not uh, reside in the rigid box of existence that right wingers have. But I just found it very interesting because Steven Crowder had his video yesterday. Um, and then Charlie Kirk has this tweet today, and now, yesterday, uh, Ben Shapiro has his take. Okay, now, I would be remiss today if I did not discuss one of the great issues of our time, and that is that the actress Ellen Page, who is, was, and shall remain a woman, is now a man. Ah, uh, I mean, is he being sarcastic by saying he would be remiss if he didn't cover this issue? Because he really wouldn't. He really wouldn't, you know, if he uh, if he didn't talk about it, I don't think anybody would would uh, uh, punish him for it. Um, you know, in fact, I would probably applaud him if he just avoided talking about Elliot entirely, because we all know where this is going to go. And especially since he dead names and misgenders her in the title. And I just misgendered <laughs> Elliot because of it. So it's it's infectious. But um. Uh, yeah, Ben feels like he he just had to. He just had to talk about it. He just had to, as if there's not enough right-wingers talking about this. So let me read you the headline from CNN, which conveys zero information. Right? We have now been forced as a society to simply say nonsense, to simply just say things that are nonsense, that don't make any sort of logical sense, that don't actually translate from English to reason. Okay. And guess how Ben Shapiro got a job. Okay, so here is the headline, and you tell me if you know what the, what the hell this means. Okay, ready? Elliot Page, Juno star, shares transgender identity. Do you have any idea what that means? Like, seriously, do you have any idea what that means? 
it re- it means exactly what it says. When I first saw the headline Elliot Page, I thought, whoa, Ellen has a brother? No, it turns out that Ellen Page is now identifying as Elliot Page. And the media, instead of saying, here's a headline with content, Ellen Page announces she identifies as man, wishes to be called Elliot Page. Right? Yeah, but saying that she wishes uh, that is uh, irresponsible. Uh, Elliot Page exists, and so you should refer to Elliot Page as Elliot Page. Not that uh, Elliot Page wishes you would, but just do it. Just do it. Right, now I would have the whole story. But Elliot Page, Juno star, conveys nothing because Ellen Page was the star of Juno. So I'm like, wait, was her brother in that movie? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. And that's the other fascinating thing. It was the same thing like Crowder had posted, like, does uh, Elliot have to return all of uh, their awards because, you know, Ellen Page earned all of them as if they're they're not allowed to be the same person anymore. It's it's very interesting how they're just removing all the humanity as soon as somebody's transgender. Because the media have created this bizarre standard whereby if a person declares themselves a member of the opposite gender, the entire world, especially in the media, must immediately flip on a dime, stop calling them by the name everybody knew them as, and stop calling them by their biological sex. You end up with complete nonsense. Just complete. There, There's no punishment other than you being recognized as an inconsiderate asshole. There's literally no punishment. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to lose your show. You're just going to face, of course, the ire of leftists and transgender people and also, you know, centrists who are also okay with transgender people just because you are going out of your way to uh, marginalize a person who came out of their uh, self-expression closet. Coming out of the mouths of the media. Now, listen, Ellen Page can identify however she wants. I don't care. Really, it makes no difference to me. She is an adult human. If she can do that, oh, I did it again. Fuck. This guy is messing me up. If Elliot can do that, if he can do that, then why does Ben keep dead naming him? She can do whatever she wants. It is a free... And misgendering. I keep fucking it up, too, because this video is really just, like, twisting my brain into knots, into not actually um, accepting Elliot's identity. I feel like that video is already having its effect on me, and I cannot let it. Free country. However, it being a free country, I am also free to point out that Ellen Page is, was, and shall remain a woman. Because Ellen Page is, in fact, a woman. Now, I'm happy to call Ellen Page Elliot if she wants to be called Elliot, because people change their names all the time, and you can, in fact, change your name by declaration. It's very funny that he said he would call Elliot Elliot, but yet keeps calling Elliot by uh, Ellen. Just keeps doing it, even though he said he he would call Elliot uh, their name if that is what he prefers. And that is exactly what Elliot prefers. And yet he keeps using dead name. You cannot, however, change your sex by declaration or your she didn't change. Oh, I did it again. I am so broken. I am so broken. And I apologize. Elliot did not change his sex. Elliot changed his gender identity. And I know that it's hard for the right wing to uh, get the idea of biological sex being separate from transgender identity or even gender identity, but uh, here we are. They're still trying to conflate the two, and even science has said that they are not. Your gender by declaration. That is not how this works. There is no other area of life in which people simply declare themselves to be a thing, and everybody goes, oh, okay. Right, an objectively verifiable thing. Right there, you can declare your sexual. 
Ben Shapiro claims he's a journalist and everybody goes, oh, okay. He's a news commentator. He's a pundit. He might say he's a news commentator as well, but I'm sure what, uh, oh no, New York Times called him a, the cool kid's philosopher, which was a big mistake by the New York Times because he's not a philosopher. Orientation where you can declare a thing that you like. He's a, what, what do they call him? The thought leader. Um, he leads people's thoughts. You can declare that you're a fan of this particular band. You can declare that you have a sexual attraction to X, Y, or Z, right? That's all subjective. And all we have to go on is your behavior, which is objective and your subjective self. But that's the thing is that gender is also subjective and it's relative to the reality that we live in. Biological sex is something completely different. Assessment. However, when you're declaring something as core as your sex, there is no objectifiable, no objective measure whatsoever whereby Ellen Page is a man, none, right? She is a woman. And yet we are immediately told by the media that to even address Ellen Page or Elliot Page as a she is discriminatory. It's very, it is very bad and very discriminatory. And so you end up with complete inanities and insanities. Okay, so Ellen Page declared that she is now a man. Okay, but she also declared that she is a queer man. Now, this is confusing because if she were a queer man, this would mean that she is attracted to men, which would technically mean that she's a straight woman. Right? Because if she is a, an actual woman attracted to men, this would make her a straight woman. But we know she's not that because she was a lesbian. Right? So she is married to a woman, as far as I'm aware. I think that's where the word queer comes in. And I don't think uh, it stands for uh, homosexuality uh, anymore. That's why it, it has its own letter in LGBTQAI+. That's the full acronym. And the G stands for gay. The Q stands for queer, meaning, and this might be semantics to the to the right, but meaning that it is separate from being gay. Where, and that means that she is a lesbian, but now she is a man, and according to her, this means that she is a white straight male. So how is she queer? She's a white straight male. So here is how Wikipedia tries to sum this. Still misgendering her, still misgendering Elliot him god i he really is tying my brain into knots and how can he not have the similar effect to everybody who also believes that there are only two genders stop you ready for this according to wikipedia in 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 J january 2018 page publicly announced his marriage to dancer and choreographer emma portner so this means that ellen page is a gay man married to a woman according to wikipedia which makes no sense at all like in any way shape or form and you're expected to simply mirror this not only that the left has particular standards with regard to who gets to play parts in movies so for example ellen page now now elliot page right i'm, I'm saying ellen page not because i wish to offend elliot page but because until five seconds ago nobody had ever heard of elliot page so nobody knows who the hell i'm talking about so i'm going to use the name that people know what's fascinating is you do know everybody knows who you're talking about that's the whole point of this segment ben that is such a ridiculous claim that you can't call Elliot by their name when that's exactly what this is about. And you are choosing to dead name because you know exactly what kind of effect that has on transgender people. Oh, her ass. And then over time, if you want to call Elliot Page, that's fine. But for like today, I feel like it's fair to mention that Ellen Page and Elliot Page are the same person. So that if somebody tunes in and hears Elliot Page, they don't think Ellen has a brother. Okay. 
Yeah, Ben Shapiro is the one who gets to decide what's fair in this situation, but mainly because he he wants to have that excuse to continue misgendering and deadnaming. But we're going to take a pause there because Ben Shapiro isn't going to take the time to read the letter of the actual outing here. So I'm going to read it. Hi, friends. I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. I feel lucky to be writing this, to be here, to have arrived at this place in my life. I feel overwhelming gratitude to the incredible people who have supported me along this journey. I can't begin to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am enough to pursue my authentic self. I've been endlessly inspired by so many in the trans community. Thank you for your courage, your generosity, and ceaselessly working to make this world a more inclusive and compassionate place. I will offer whatever support I can and continue to strive for a more loving and equal society. I also ask for your patience. My joy is real, but it is also fragile. The truth is, despite feeling profoundly happy right now and knowing how much privilege I carry, I am also scared. I'm scared of the invasiveness, the hate, the jokes, and of violence. To be clear, I am not trying to dampen a moment that is joyous and one that I celebrate, but I want to address the full picture. The statistics are staggering. The discrimination towards trans people is rife, insidious, and cruel, resulting in horrific consequences. In 2020 alone, it has been reported that at least 40 transgender people have been murdered, the majority of which were black and Latinx trans women. The political leaders who work to criminalize trans healthcare and deny our right to exist, and to all those with a massive platform who continue to spew hostility towards the trans community, you have blood on your hands. You unleash a fury of vile and demeaning rage that lands on the shoulders of the trans community, a community in which 40% of trans adults report attempting suicide. Enough is enough. You aren't being canceled. You are hurting people. I am one of those people and won't be silent in the face of your attacks. I love that I am trans, and I love that I am queer, and the more I hold myself close and fully embrace who I am, the more I dream, the more my heart grows, the more I thrive. To all trans people who deal with harassment, self-loathing, abuse, and the threat of violence every day, I see you, I love you, and I will do everything I can to change this world for the better. Thank you for reading this, all my love, Elliot. That's the letter. So here's the headline from TV Insider. Elliot Page reportedly conti to continue in same role on Umbrella Academy. Now, Umbrella Academy on Netflix, uh, it started off that the series itself is based on a comic book. In the comic book, Ellen Page, who, again, is a woman and is in the series a cisgender woman, right? Like a woman who is a woman, is a, uh, is a straight woman in the first season. In the second season, Ellen Page becomes a lesbian because Ellen Page is a lesbian in real life, I guess. Um, I mean, I assume that's that's what the plan was there and that it has something to do with how Ellen Page wanted to act because my understanding is that's not something directly from the comic book series. If it is, forgive me, that's fine, who cares? Okay, but here's the part that's hilarious. So according to Variety, they say there are no plans to change the character Ellen Page plays her, her gender on the Umbrella Academy. So the series is publicly showing their support and they say they are proud of their superhero. We love you, Elliot, but 
Elliot will be playing a woman. Now, I've been firmly informed that this is discrimination and cultural appropriation. When Scarlett Johansson, a straight woman, was slated to play a transgender man in a movie, this was considered very, very bad form. In fact, only trans people could play trans characters. So I have a question. I mean, I I just think that the reason why the community had brought that up is because maybe the idea that a transgender person would play that role wasn't considered. And they feel like they're being left out of roles that they can play in the same vein as, you know, I think I, I brought this up earlier in uh, Steven Crowder bringing up discrimination and typecasting. Um, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, um, you know, it has a lot in the same way of, you know, uh, African-Americans wanting to play African-American characters rather than having a white man in blackface. It, it, it probably comes from the same zeitgeist there. Um, and I, I just find it very interesting how seemingly concerned for Elliot Page's acting career that everybody seems to be, especially on the right wing. Um, super concerned that Elliot is going to have a hard time finding acting gigs when honestly I think that is more of a worry for Elliot because Elliot's going to decide what Elliot is going to do. So I just find it very fascinating that they all seem to be so worried about their career. If Elliot Page is in fact a man, the way that the media have declared that she is a man, then why is she allowed to play a cisgender woman? Is that not cultural appropriation? If a is he trying to highlight the hypocrisy here, or does he agree with the argument? Because if he's trying to highlight the hypocrisy here, um, you know, it's it's uh, essentially pointless because, you know, uh, Hollywood has been appointing actors to roles that they don't necessarily match all the time. Um, I think uh, the character Abed from Community, he's actually um, Indian, and he played a Palestinian, so are are we gonna are we gonna get super mad about that? No, not necessarily. Um, mainly because he agreed to play the character. I think the interesting is thing is uh, I can't remember his name, but he has a show now on Net on Hulu. Um, man, what is his name? But uh, the actor who played Kumar from Harold and Kumar has constantly turned down roles where they asked him to use a heavy Indian accent because he didn't want to be that guy. So in certain certain circumstances, it's always up to the actor and the production crew on how they're going to present a uh, imagination to everybody's minds. And I just find it very fascinating now that Ben Shapiro wants to highlight this hypocrisy as if he actually cares. He doesn't. The only thing he's interested in is punching downwards on transgender people. If a normal, non-trans man decided to play a woman today, everybody would suggest that this was a violation of long-standing norms. It was cultural... Yeah, it was terrible when uh, Robin Williams uh, played Mrs. Doubtfire. Everybody hated it, and everybody was mad about it. Appropriation. But if a woman declares herself a man, then you have to make a choice. Either she is a man, in which case she can't play a woman anymore, or she is not a man, in which case she's not a man. But because our culture is unbelievably stupid, it is both. Also, uh, Bart Simpson's character is played by a woman. Right, that is the way that this works. So good news, Elliot Page can still play women and also can play transgender men, presumably can also play men-men, which is... So is he mad about her versatility? Because, I mean, Elliot has always had 
uh, great acting chops. So is he is he mad that Elliot's just going to take every role from everybody? Is that what he's actually frustrated about? No, he's frustrated that trans people are being accepted. I'm, I'm going to hammer that home. The only reason why he digs this argument is so that he can dig a hole for transgender people. It's really exciting. One further note on all of this. If you feel like this is crazy and that this is being crammed down on you, that is because it is. That is because this is not a fringe phenomenon. And it isn't being crammed, crammed down anybody's throat. You know, if you don't like it, don't pay attention to it. Move on. Um, if you feel like it, 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 it's going to harm your kids, then you need to do a better job of having conversations with your kids about the reality. You know, so I, I really wonder how Ben Shapiro talks to his kids about sex and drugs, which and you know what? I don't. His his answer is probably don't do it anymore. Right. This is something the Democratic Party fully embraces and pushes. Yesterday, Chuck Schumer, the Senate minority leader, he said that he is fully with Joe Biden on mandating from the federal government that transgender people be allowed to use the bathroom of their choice. Now, it seems to me that if my wife is uncomfortable with a male walking into a bathroom or a locker room where she is undressing at the gym, that that is perfectly within her purview. That seems like not inappropriate at all to me. But the federal government has now decided under democratic auspices that men and women are exact. Yeah, but if you're made comfortable just by the idea of a transgender person using it, even though the transgender person has done nothing to aggress against you, um, then you you might be a bigot. You might be uh, intolerant because uh, somebody can go into a locker room as a transgender person and be absolutely not turned on by anybody around them. And also, is, is his wife the same way around lesbians when they walk into uh, the, the locker room? Is he the same way when uh, gay men walk into <laughs> the locker room? I'm sure they are, because I'm sure they're against that as well. Well, actually, okay, I know Ben Shapiro's against that. He told Dave Rubin that he couldn't have dinner with him and his husband. Only Dave. That gender is completely fluid. None of this makes any internal sense, by the way. If men and women are completely same, the same, there's no reason for, yourself, for you to declare yourself a man. They're, man equals woman means woman equals woman. It's not. It's not. And you can look it up. There is uh, full-on science uh, trying to understand uh, transgenderism. They call it ism, but that's just me to put a little little blanket statement on it. But there is science coming out about the that gender sits on a spectrum, not not anything binary. Biological sex is more binary, but uh, being uh, gender is not. The gender is a spectrum, wide spectrum, even so much so that before all of this, I used to hear the word metrosexual, which is like a term used on straight men who were like super clean and people suspected them of being gay, but they were straight and they would just call them metrosexual. So obviously there is a bit of a spectrum here, isn't there? There is uh, uh, women who are a little bit more masculine than feminine and there's men who are more feminine than masculine. So we have that, we have that going on, but it's part of that white man, uh, straight cis white man fear that patriarchy and their influence will be overthrown and uh, that's that's not any good. And like I had said multiple times before my Internet gave out is that um, this is it, it comes in the same vein as not wanting uh, black slaves to be free. It undermines the white man uh, allowing women to work and vote undermines the white man. They had these arguments and it's always come from the same kind of people, uh, conservative traditionalists. Right. I mean, there's just the basic transitive property. In any case, here is Chuck Schumer 
you know, fully greenlighting the Democratic agenda, which is fully in line with all of this, this silliness and anti-logic nonsense. And again, Ellen Page or Elliot Page is allowed to do whatever she wants to do today, but she does not get to dictate what the rest of us say about things as basic as biological sex and capital T. Nobody's talking about biological sense, uh, sex, and you are still dead naming and misgendering. So obviously, um, you can receive the consequences of doing that because it is intolerance, and we do not have to tolerate intolerance. Truth. Yeah, but here is, uh, here's the Democratic Party pushing this stuff. Joe Biden said that on his first day of office, he will give transgender students access to sports, bathrooms, and locker rooms in accordance with their gender identity in all federally funded schools. Do you think he has the ability to do this, and do you agree with this decision? I agree with the decision, and I know he'll check things out thoroughly legally. Okay, um, I'm sure that this will all work out just fantastically well. I'm sure, and, and don't feel bullied. Don't feel as though you are being forced to change long-standing and, for all of human history, held opinions about the non-malleability of sex. Uh, it, it, Again, we're not talking about sex. <laughs> it's all because you're discriminatory in your mind. Don't worry about the fact that this is all illogical and makes no sense. The media have told you that a thing is so, and therefore it is so. He, he claims that these are such brain twists and brain knots, and it just can't work internally, but yet he can logically uh, build an argument as to why transgender people should and can't exist, or should not and can't exist. It's, it's so fascinating that he uses his power of facts and logic to um, disenfranchise and, uh, you know, abuse the existence of people. It's it's so fascinating to me that he would say that it, it just doesn't make sense when literally he built the whole argument to not make sense because Ben Shapiro can do the research and understand the studies, but he prefers not to in order to uh, I mean, he's a Republican conservative shill. So, I mean, that's a whole part of the uh uh, uh, the ideology, really. And I'm sure he's not just a shill. I'm sure he believes all of these things to his core, but he is always going to be within party lines. And I would be surprised to find a Republican that says transgender people can use uh, whatever uh, bathroom, locker room that corresponds with their gender identity. And therefore, and, and also, if you, if you mention it, it's because you are, it's because you're obsessed with these issues. This is one of my favorites. Is that how are you? How can you not be obsessed labeled on, on this issue when Ben did not have to pay attention to this whatsoever? He could have continued to cover the election fraud. You say something as radical as men and women are exactly the same and a man can become a woman. And then I say no. And they're like, why are you even paying attention to this? Why are you even making an issue out of this? I'm not. You guys are. I'm sorry, what? but you purveyors of, of new truths that have nothing to do with science, logic, reason. The answer is no. The answer is no. I do not go along with your with your mandatory take on the world. And I don't think Americans should either. That's not an excuse for being nasty to people. It's not an excuse for discrimination. And yet it, is. And yet it was the excuse for this entire segment, which is very discriminatory and hate speech against Elliot Page. A recommendation that we all speak real truths when they are available. And it happens to be a real truth that Elliot Page is, was, and will remain a woman even if Elliot Page believes that she is a man and you're under no obligation, moral or otherwise, to suggest that men can become women or to teach that to your children, which is really what the left wants out of this whole deal. Did you know that? <laughs> they are truly afraid of what could happen to what? the rigid, the rigidness of uh, um, 
uh, of society. Oh yeah? You're just gonna come in now? Are you what? Are you Gonda? What? What is that? Are you New Zealand? What is that? He's hungry. Oh. Can you show that to the camera? You have a camera? It's on my little little webcam. It says, are you hungry? Yeah. Yeah, this is also the third podcast where the internet goes down and my roommate comes in. <laughs> it's okay because this one's going to be a little bit shorter because I'm very frustrated by the downage of the internet. It stopped like two podcasts. But uh, I have one more video to go with from PragerU, and it's called, Is it Masculine for a Man to Wear a Dress? Just because the right is very obsessed with talking about Elliot, and then also this video came out two days ago talking about Harriet Sty Harry Styles wearing the, wearing the dress. And honestly, white men are scared. They are terrified of anything changing the power structure of today. Britt here, my roommate, is also kind of sort of my boss, and it's totally fine that she's a woman. Let that be known on the record. Kind of, sort of. Well, I mean, I work with Ash most of the time. True! That's very true. That is very true. You said something else in there that I was going to question, but now I can't remember. No. No? No, but it's okay, too. That's yeah. <laughs> well... Uh, you can turn on that speaker if you want to watch this video with me. We'll be down. We are going to go pick up dog food. For oh. Duck. My dog. Okay. Tucker. And, uh, we're going to pick up some food, maybe, if you want to come, too. Okay. Yep, I'm going to talk about, because they interview people on the street asking if they think it's masculine or not. Oh, I'm down to watch that, honestly, when you're done with this. I'm, okay, we'll do it after. We'll do it after. Yeah, we can do it after. I thought I think there was another YouTube video I had to show you, but Ben Shapiro's video I just got done here. Look at look at this. So he he wanted Such to a handsome man. <laughs> he wanted to do okay, this now, video I would be remiss to say that, you know, he has to talk about this issue. Um when he he didn't. There's so many other things he could have talked about. And he also like spent it saying that he's not trying to be discriminatory or hateful. And yet right here, he's doing the thing that they call dead naming Ellen page. And then he misgenders and he does it throughout this entire fucking show. Just in the entire time he's doing it, he's saying like, she can do whatever she wants, but it's also my right to uh, 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 defend my position. And his position is Elliot can't be, uh, can't be, that's that's his position, because if 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 Elliot is allowed to exist, then other trans people are allowed to exist. It's a lot of topic, and I honestly he sucks. He sucks, and I got on an argument with this dude in here. Wait, um, let's see, go up. Got an argument with a dude. I, I respond mostly to like right wingers. I just I just wanna I just wanna fight. Where is it? Okay. So this guy pops up in this. Matt Walsh says, So does Paige have to give back these awards? Which, you know, all the awards that he earned being a great actor. 
Elliot's a great actor. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I love Juno. But what does this mean for her career, misgendering, going forward? She, misgendering, is now a straight white male, correct? She's a one five one straight white male, to be exact, probably around 100 pounds and very feminine features. What kind of roles do you expect she'll be offered? So concerned about her career, right? I said, who cares? I mean, it's their decision, their life. He said, I guess I would think she cares, right? And I said, about your opinion? Probably not. And then, oh no, did he delete him? Okay. And then he says, no, her career, you shithead. And then I said, my point being that Elliot, that is Elliot's concern and not yours. But of course, individual freedom only matters until it hits your delicate sensibilities. And then he said, what the fuck are you talking about? I asked a reasonable question about Paige's career, which is, as far as I can tell, she's still active in. And then this dude comes in because he couldn't he couldn't take it says the deliberate misgendering kind of gives the game away buddy and then he's like lol you were calling her she up until yesterday and i said before we were made aware of their decision no shit sherlock before we knew yeah no fucking shit and then he's like my point is it's fresh info not really a monumental crime to misgender someone in the first 24 hours and that's exactly what Ben says in that video that I watched. So I replied, okay, Shapiro. And he was like, you know what? I'm done. I thought it was actually Joe Exotic for a second. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Starting over again on Twitter because it's too stupid to stay away from. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks. But it was so obvious that he, because like I had watched the Ben Shapiro video last night, and that was this 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 afternoon, and I was like, of course, like you use the same exact thing that Ben Shapiro says. It's like, oh man, it's first twenty four hours, you can still misgender people. It's a rule, five seconds, five second oh, that's rule. That's so weird. Yeah, no, they're 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 just people who don't like other people. All right. So I don't know if you heard Brit and all of that, but. We're going to get into the PragerU and then shut it down. Is it masculine for a man to wear a dress? PragerU brings us the exclusive. You think men should wear dresses? Yeah, I mean, I do. On occasion, I wear skirts sometimes. Does that make you feel masculine or does that make it's you feel feminine? I mean, I'm a transgender girl, so it's yeah. going to be different for me. It does help me express that feminine side. What's up, guys? This is Will Will with PragerU. Mm. Today, we're in Los yeah, and, uh, you know, they're gonna, of course, that's, like, the perfect uh, ammo for the right wing because uh, that person had not, like, transitioned. Um, so, you know, not everybody has the resources to actually transition into the gender identity that they have, but that does not make their gender identity any less, um, uh, you know, uh, acceptable. But uh, to the right, that does mean exactly that. Los Angeles talking to people about masculine men after Harry Styles was on the Vogue cover asking them if men can wear dresses and which one of these men they think are more masculine. Let's do it. Which man do you think is more masculine? Are you kidding me? They picked, uh, what's his name? Not uh, Chris Hemsworth in a tux against Harry Styles in a dress. Like, and that's the thing is that masculinity is all in its appearance, right? But we don't know either of them personally. Like, for all we know, uh, Chris 
Hemsworth could be like waxing himself, like bikini waxing himself, and he could be putting on like a face, you know, the the lotion on his face every night and eating chocolate strawberries, watching rom-coms, which sounds extremely feminine now, doesn't it? And a lot of people are capable of doing that. And it's, uh, yeah, of course, you're going to see two images and be asked which one's more masculine. And here's the thing is that, of course, uh, Chris Hemworth is going to look more masculine in a tux than uh, Harry Styles adopting a bit of femininity to wear a dress. But uh, I think self-confidence kind of adds to whatever you're whatever you're going for. If you're going for femininity, you better have self-confidence to back it up. And I think Harry Styles had it. So, um I think they're more concerned about Harry Styles retaining his uh, masculinity than uh, he is actually being a confident human being. Um, I think they're equal. Traditional view of masculinity. I Fascinating that the first uh, person said that uh, they're equal because some people could see uh, a man wearing a dress is actually very brave because of the society that we live in where you wear anything or do anything that is a little bit feminine, then, you know, you're kind of ostracized for it where I, I liked her position right there. I'm sure if I went into the comments, they wouldn't agree. And I'm, I think we're going to do that at the end of this video, but I'm just saying, I like her position on that because she didn't see the, uh, symbols of masculinity, but only the self-confidence. You would go with the suit. This is another form of masculinity. I mean, a man can still um, express that feminine nature within him and still be masculine while having like yeah. a streak of femininity, which the dress can um, express. Socially more acceptable than that one. Like, yeah. if I didn't know better, I'd say him. Yeah. But I do know better. One of these two men. What's fascinating is the first three people that they've talked to are a little bit more enlightened than Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder. So that's a... Uh, that's interesting, but of course it's a PragerU video, so the people that they tend to, uh, you know, congregate into their uh, viewership tend to be anti-transgender, so that's only going to feed into those comments, and that's why I think a lot of, like, right-wing video is really in the vein of 15 minutes of hate from uh, 1984, that it gives them basically a scarecrow punching bag to throw all of their uh, misguided anger at. Do you think is more masculine? <laughs> it's a serious question. Oh, definitely this guy. Definitely. What about you? Is this a guy? I mean, he's wearing I, a dress. It might. I'm gonna. I'm gonna also add that the two that they're asking here are a bit older, so they both have gray hair. So I just want that to be uh, acknowledged for the podcast. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Guy in a dress. Yeah. Well, it no. You said who's more masculine? More masculine. This guy. Yeah. Are you yeah, because the tux is a like symbol of masculinity. That's it's been worn by men for like longer than 50 years. And uh, you know, although we have had many movies and performances uh and you know, all kinds of stuff where men wore dresses. That's actually not it's not really anything new. I think the discussion that we're having is quite recycled, but they're still going to use it in order to fuel that culture war that really keeps that divide between the left and the right strong. You said that with no hesitation. Yeah. I mean, he There's might he might have styles in a dress. Confidence. I don't know. Maybe. See? But See? She brought up the self-confidence thing. That is what it's all about with whatever gender identity that you are going with.
It's all about the self-confidence. No matter what, if you are going to live your authentic self, it has to be backed by confidence because there's going to be so many people like PragerU, Ben Shapiro, Steven Crowder, what have you, Charlie Kirk, all trying to tear that confidence down. But he's more masculine. Think you can be masculine wearing a dress? No. No. We're wearing a kilt. But that dress is a, is a little too... Uh, it's pretty frilly. Think men should wear dresses? If they want to, that's your prerogative. Not my man. Oh, not your man would wear a dress. Uh -huh. Think it's masculine to wear a dress? Not for a male. I don't support it at all. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, to each his own, but I wouldn't. If he feels comfortable wearing that, that that's okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it defines him as being masculine. Yeah, so he can wear it like he has the right. I don't think it makes him like less masculine. They think that it, it removes all masculinity from him. And uh, that's the argument that they're really trying to go for here. Uh, the freedom to do whatever he wants if he feels confident in it. But it wouldn't be defined as masculine. I mean, if he, if he got one that was less flouncy, maybe that would be more masculine. Yeah. It's whatever you want to wear. Like, if I want to wear a tomboy fits, it don't make me less feminine. Harry Styles doesn't really care that he's wearing a dress. Yeah. And I think, you know, he knows clothing doesn't define that. Right. Doesn't define masculinity. How would you define masculinity? I can't tell if he actually got that question after speaking to that person. He's like, you know what? I, I, I got to use that. Um, if you're a man, whatever makes you feel manly. I feel like it's changing as like the years go. Masculinity is a, uh, a construct. It's an idea. So um, when somebody asks you, what does it mean to be a man? It means what does it mean to be the idea of a man because the thing is too is that since we live in a patriarchal society we have referred to humans as man and that blankets uh all people so um you know just just throwing that out there it's a concept it's uh nothing bound by reality biological sex male and female um that is a different story uh, that is a very different story. And, uh, you know, we don't say that, oh, he has uh, heavy, well, we could say they have male, female characteristics, but that is still, I feel like that bridges into that idea of masculinity and femininity, which are, is which is the ideas. Gone, but I don't really know. It's kind of a hard question. I feel like it's yeah. never like been defined. It just has been created. Um, yeah. I guess your yep. attitude and just how you live your life yeah. I don't know how would you live your life masculinely um, I never thought about that yeah. I'm not sure how would you describe femininity um, honestly I don't know either <laughs> yeah do you think there should be like set definitions for masculinity and femininity no. it's whatever you want it to be in the present day it seems like it's getting a little more confusing as to define those i mean they're it's becoming more abstract for sure so vogue in the magazine came so i feel like this actually is going to uh continue on that uh, for right-wingers and conservatives alike that there it's going to see that the world is going mad because of this but uh it's really not uh i don't think it would break any uh fabrics of society except for the white male patriarchal system of control out and they said harry styles is like redefining his masculinity redefining what masculinity is by wearing a dress 
to me, it seems like this isn't very masculine. He's more just embracing femininity. I feel like these things should have a set definition. Like masculinity should have a definition and femininity should have a definition. And then you embrace either or. There are certain traits that kind of go along with masculinity, like competitiveness, aggressiveness, yeah. things like that. What? What? That's not a feminine... I feel like that's just a human trait. That's so wild that he would take those two adjectives and apply them only to men as if women can't do that as well. Or if women are doing it, then they're acting masculine. No, they're human beings. That if you have too many, maybe it could be toxic, but those are more like masculine traits. More like feminine traits would be more nurturing and caring and things like that. Would you... As if men can't do that. What? Ah! Ah! I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that like even penguins, like it's the dude who sits with the eggs while the women go and get food. Ah, I see like they just, ah, it's so frustrating that they have to put everything in such a black and white space. You date a man in a dress? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> go get my dress at home. We'll be right back. <laughs> All, right, All right. Well, he would wear a dress. So there's that. Uh, to get a date, he would wear a dress. So, uh, let it be known. Uh, let's go into the comment section and wrap this bitch up. A uh, very short episode today. So it says, Of course a chap can wear a frock, but no, it isn't masculine. Mm. What if he beats the shit out of you while he wears it? Does that make it more masculine? 225 clones don't defy masculinity says the girl wearing boys clothes tell her to wear the dress harry is wearing and that she could still be masculine she would never um yeah but what if like underneath the dress there's like jeans and a uh, on her head she's wearing like uh, a fitted cap backwards and is smoking a cigar um moving on this guy quoted at a minute eight said sir is this a guy Sir, you don't want to know. That's not that funny. Um, I would date a guy in a dress. If I'm more manly than my dude, then there's a problem. Yeah, that's personal. That's personal preference. That's personal preference, and I can respect that because you want a certain type of mate. But um, you know, for other people, it's not such an issue. In fact, there's that dude who's on Twitter who's been posting himself in skirts and high heels, and he constantly puts that he's a straight man and happily married. And he has no issues whatsoever. And, you know, he's he's pretty stacked. You know, he's got muscles. So um, I feel like the if the right were to acknowledge his existence, they might actually not compute and explode on sight. This comment reads, the very first guy was BSing the whole time. He's just saying he's transgender girl for a laugh. Okay. Before anyone uses the what about the kilt argument, Scottish women don't wear them. So it's a gender specific piece of clothing. Almost as if you can just do whatever you want. Because if it's only for Scottish males, wait till they find out that skirts in America are only for women. Ah. The girl in the center was rethinking her friendship. She's already been abandoned for her views and allegedly shamed, too. That's exactly where their mind always goes. It's the same thing that Ben Shapiro alleged because he wouldn't accept Elliot Page as Elliot Page. 
This comment says, I swear we are in a time where everyone is playing a game of who can ask the dumbest questions. Why is everyone so confused? Of course it isn't masculine, it's a dress. I just remember a time that the height of masculinity was wearing powdered wigs. Um... Let's see. To be fair, when they compared a kilt to a clearly feminine dress, I was like, whoa, dude, not the same, lol. I would definitely like to hear why they're not the same. Um, if Harry wants to wear a dress, power to him, but we can't lie and say that it's masculine. It's simply not. In this society, right? Because maybe even in a timeline, uh, dudes wear dresses so that their dicks are easily, uh, you know, used. You can just pull up the dress or pull it down real quick, get to fucking, um, where, you know, you know, the zipper and the underpants, it's all too much. <laughs> and the belt. Anyways, uh, it's like they know it's not masculine and want to say it, but there's someone holding a gun to their head and so they can't say it. Again, imagining things in order to say that the world's gone mad, all right? This one says, kind of reminds me of the Emperor's new clothes. Only a, to only a totally honest young man was able to point out the Emperor was naked. You think you're on point, but that actually just doesn't apply and make sense here. It says, if it's a kilt and you're swinging a claymore at your enemy while screaming freedom, well, then it's masculine. All right, so this commenter proves that if Harry Styles beats the shit out of you while wearing the dress, masculine. Uh, this comment says, if you want to wear it, fine, no problem, but it isn't masculine. Don't pee on my shoes and tell me it's raining. Again, it's subjective to the reality and relative to the time that you're living in. Uh, if you want to wear a dress, fine, go ahead, but don't act as if it is masculine to do so. I, I, yeah, okay, well, see, I'm still, this is just getting pretty repetitive here. Um, that man wearing the life, universe, everything equals 42 t-shirt beats the pants off anyone wearing a dress. Which is funny because they aren't wearing pants when they're wearing a dress. Um, let's see... Here it is. The younger people twisting, mind-bending, and tying their brains into pretzels due to cognitive, cognitive dissonance and the inability to define the, the topic. Hmm. There's replies in here. I want to see. One reply says, you're not wrong. I wonder if, for young people, masculinity, femininity even have definitions anymore. If you were watching the video, you would see that they aren't actually defined uh you know wholeheartedly they really are uh just concepts and ideas uh, another reply says no it's not cognitive dissonance they're on the right track but aren't coming to the logical conclusion masculinity and femininity are social constructs oh wow i found a comment <laughs> in this video a reply to another comment that is saying exactly what the fuck i've been saying this whole time um, and he replied the original commenter that says that social construct is nothing but a made up saying <laughs> just so some people can be on the inside while the rest of us are not.
it's fake. Oh my god. He just said that social the the words social construct are fake. Yeah, you're fucking right because we made it up so that we could term our made up shit. Wow. Money is a social construct. Like boom, you know? R religion is a social construct. Boom! Did it again. Wow. Uh, they replied, everything in life is a social construct. That isn't an argument. No, but, uh, uh, it begins an argument. <laughs> um, let's see. One said, uh, nope. I like how the one that said everything in life is a social construct. That isn't an argument. Someone replied to them saying, what do you mean by that? I'm just a bit curious. As if, uh, replying that that isn't an argument isn't an argument <laughs> oh man and it's just like we have to you know and i don't want to i don't really want to wear a dress i mean i might to see how it fits i'm not really interested in impressing anybody in it i don't really think i would look that good in it but um you know i don't think it would hurt my self-identity i don't think it would hurt the identity of others um i think what is always more important is the um actual uh uh confidence and comfortability of the person who chooses to live their life in the way that they choose so um that that is just where i'm going to go with it and there's actually an impromptu change my mind crowder came out with a new one i might have to check it out real quick but um yeah that's 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 the crux of it is that this whole elliot page um announcing that he is transgender and um masculinity at threat of a man wearing a dress um that is just uh driving republicans and right-wingers crazy because uh masculine uh people have to fit into the box of uh what masculinity is in this society and uh, people also have to fit in the box of biological sex regardless of whatever their gender identity is. So that is where the right wing is on this issue and it stays that way and it will remain that way because they will never accept the existence of people who do not fit into straight white men. That has always been the battle since the beginning of this country and probably even longer than that. So I want to get well this the Kurds. I would like to see them continue to sponsor them because they did the brunt of the fighting against Al Qaeda in the Middle East. You were supportive of uh, when George W. Bush did that in Iraq. Yes. As well, well okay. no, I was. Uh, do you mind if I ask you? And you don't have to. I'm just curious because the title of it is called Crowder Educates Politics Professor on Politics. So I don't, I'm not 100% sure what the subject matter of the change my mind was, but maybe he just found this guy. I don't know. Answer this. Uh, who you voted for? Well, sure. Joe Biden. Okay. And uh, why did you vote for Joe Biden? I'm a Democrat. It's, it's great that Crowder starts off this interview by laughing at who he voted for. It shows that this discourse is going to go into a great direction. And he's a Democrat, and he's the, by far the superior of the two candidates. Okay. And why do you, uh, what makes you say that? Oh, I'm not a big fan of Trump uh, as a person. Uh, he's not my kind of guy. How he's so? not truthful. He's uh, really a sociopath. He has no empathy for people. He cares about one person. That's Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can dispute the policies. That's just good public debate. But nice. uh, 
his uh, lack of empathy. Right. Uh, and what do you mean when you say that lack of empathy? For whom? He doesn't really care about you or me. Okay. Uh, he, when he spoke uh, about John Lewis when he died, mm -hmm. when he spoke about the Star Fam, uh, Gold Star families, uh, there was really no sympathy. There was really no empathy uh, for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just the kind of person that he is. He cares about one thing, one thing alone, and that's Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't know necessarily what it is that you're referencing of the Gold Star families. I know that recently when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, someone who we vehemently disagreed yeah, with, he, he was very kind yes, and Yes, but also when John Lewis, the congressman from Georgia, died, mm -hmm. he said, well, you know, John Lewis did some things, but he didn't come to my inauguration. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was extremely And that's all petty. he said? Yes. That, that was that all he didn't he say anything else in that statement? No. I thought that was extremely petty for... Uh, he, the other thing that he did say is that he doesn't know much about John Lewis. That's the other piece that he said. Uh, someone who is so instrumental in the civil rights movement. So, and I understand you're a professor? Yes. Okay. It sounds to me, um, correct me if I'm wrong, because you just said you can debate policies, and I appreciate that. This is really more of a personality contest for you. To a large extent. I mean, the policies I'm very concerned in particularly about income inequality. Mm -hmm. He's really not done much on that. Uh, his foreign policies forsaking, like the Kurds, in Turkey, mm -hmm. uh, nice. not being a good ally, being really a laughingstock among our allies. Well, specify what you mean as a professor. Um, educate me, the Kurds in Turkey. Kurds in Turkey. Yeah. Well, they were our allies in fighting Al-Qaeda. Right. And as soon as he had a meeting with Erdogan, the president of Turkey. And ISIS. Uh, the Rojavan people were very instrumental. Those are also uh, Kurdish people. They were instrumental in uh, defeating ISIS in Syria. Let that seriously be known. And Trump betrayed them by pulling American troops out of the region and left them open for Turkey invasion. So, mm -hmm. Who is anti-Kurd. Right. He dropped as our Saddam support. Saddam Hussein was as well. Uh, he, dropped a, he dropped our support for right. the Kurds and they're just on their own. Mm -hmm. So what would you like to see done differently? Oh, I'd like to see him uh, be more of a... Uh, uh, on specifically the Kurds. Oh, I take it you're more, you're more hawkish, more so it sounds like. Well, the Kurds, I would like to see them continue to sponsor them because they did the brunt of the fighting against Al-Qaeda in the Middle East. Right. In Iraq. Right. And right. I would so like to continue to see support for them. And, and you were supportive of uh, when George W. Bush did that in Iraq yes. as well? Yes. Well, okay. no, I was supportive. Not, not supporting George W. Bush's. He was talking about George W. Bush uh, supporting the Kurds, not necessarily going to war in Afghanistan. Invasion. Or Iraq. Of Iraq, but I... I'm sorry, I'm confused. How many... How, isn't there something with... You're a professor, I'm not. Isn't there something with the Kurds and Saddam Hussein? Well, there's a bunch of Kurds with Syria, Turkey, sure, Iran, right. Iraq. But I know you're saying support the Kurds. Weren't a lot of them... Biochemically gassed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And I, well, you didn't want George but, uh, Bush to intervene then. By Saddam Hussein. What the fuck, dude? Good God, Crowder. Right. And again, it's a real sensitive policy question. It's a big thing with me. But I'm trying to get your clear policy here because you say Donald Trump should go in and support the Kurds, which of course could lead to in, another war. No. And they, they were let not me finish. Let me finish. What? It was more of a move towards war than not supporting them because Turkey invaded Syria. Are you kidding me?
but you didn't support uh, the Kurds when George W. Bush was president against Saddam Hussein. I supported the Kurds when they were doing the fighting against al-Qaeda. Okay. I had to disagree. so I disagreed with the... My favorite part of his change my mind is trying to find that gotcha question. Like, aha, hypocrisy. Invasion of Iraq by George W. Bush. Just how interested he which is. Which primarily people. helped people like... Well, the it, Kurds, uh, would we agree? Well, no, well, you could argue that it helped the Kurds. In part, since they've been gassed. by this, okay. but the big thing was he brought about the destabilization of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that would happen right now with the Kurds and no. uh, we're talking about Turkey? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. So support of the Kurds back then, bad. Support of the Kurds today, good. Good. Okay, understood. You mentioned income inequality. <laughs> had to move the goalposts. So I appreciate he had you. To move you know, the, so had to move them goalposts because he couldn't get that gotcha. Kidding me on this. What do you mean that Donald Trump hasn't done anything for income inequality? How is it? You believe it's gotten worse? All the tax cuts have uh, really not benefited the lower income people. Mm -hmm. uh, he argues that he's created a lot of jobs. You could really debate that. Compare that to the jobs created during the Obama administration. How would you debate that? Uh, by sheer numbers. Okay. What numbers are those? Well, so, again, I can't give them to you right off the top of my head, oh, but okay. supposedly more jobs were created under Obama in the last four years of his administration than the first four years of Saddam Hussein. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, come on, listen, you may disagree Trump. with him, but he's not Saddam Hussein. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, he could have been, uh, right? He's not Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, good. good. No could one have ever been. said that. I want to make sure. Well, no. some people did today. They've compared well, him to Hitler. I don't think you're doing that. No, I no. certainly Oh, well, Crowder uh, doesn't want to acknowledge that Trump is undermining the integrity of our elections because he's been helping him to do so. So uh, I feel like that is something exactly that Saddam Hussein or uh, any other dictator might want to do. Wouldn't do that. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, so you don't you don't have those, those numbers? No, I can't give them to you off the top of my head. Okay. Um... So I would disagree with you because obviously unemployment was down to 3.5% and labor force participation was significantly higher. Black unemployment at an all-time low. And uh, do you know what the average American, for example, as a, do you, are you a professor of economics or? Politics. Oh, politics, okay. So do you know uh, how much the average American has saved in taxes, for example, under Trump? <laughs> Since you teach politics. Yeah, that'll save. That'll I really stop can't tell you off inequality. the top of my head. Uh, oh the my low God. end is 1,600, the high end is 1,800. Ooh. Do you know how much the average household income has gone up under Trump? Five thousand dollars. Yeah, and three, three, and three and a half and some change years. Do you know how much it went up under? Oh no, it went away already. Uh, where did it go? Five thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, Trump, the median average of in, or average income family has seen a gain of five thousand dollars since Trump came into office. Median family income is now. Uh, sixty-five thousand dollars up from about sixty-one thousand when he entered office. All right. Yeah, and three, three, and three and a half and some change years. Do you know how much it went up under eight years of Obama? How much? One thousand. Okay. Under so George I W. Bush, uh, the household income gains were a little over four hundred dollars in eight years. And under Barack Obama, gains were $1,043. Uh, that was in eight years for each. Under Trump, less than three years. Can't read. It's three times larger. Uh, yeah, it still didn't uh, help 
income inequality, just that those incomes were raised because uh, uh, the, the, the wealthy have seen even larger gains than that. Um, so uh, cherry picking information here. And I, you know, I still have to wonder how much of it had to deal with Obama's policies. Uh, Trump's taxes could be attributed to that, but the increase of billionaire wealth, you know, some say that it'll trickle down, and that is probably the gains that we're seeing here. Uh, the article from Time here says, uh, 12 ways the administration has deepened inequality. One of them here is weakening shields for payday loan recipients. I did write about this on the portumrebellion.net but I'll read this segment here. It says, when Candace Russell needed an unexpected medical procedure in 2014, she had no way to pay for it. She'd recently separated from her husband and her wages as a Texas bartender weren't cutting it, so she borrowed $450 from a payday lender. After a year and a half and two subsequent payday loans, she had hoped would finally get her out of the red. She realized she was $10,000 in the hole. Quote, every time I got to a point where I thought I had got myself out of it, something would inevitably happen says Russell, now 37. So it says here, the Obama-era Consumer Financial Protection Bureau issued a rule to protect these borrowers, requiring payday lenders to ensure people could repay loans before issuing advances. But the Trump administration, backed by the loan industry, is trying to repeal the rule, arguing that payday lenders help Americans who need access to emergency cash. Cordray says the repeal will have the opposite effect. Quote, this is one of the most glaring examples of how this administration focus has been on protecting financial companies at the expense of consumers. Um, because the, there was, uh, you know, protections against uh, high interest rates. And um, Trump repealed that. Indeed, he did. Uh, another thing here. Uh, staying on topic with the earlier subject and inequality, Trump uh, shut down transgender people out of housing. Not going to get 100% into it. I just want that to be there. Working to block access to birth control. Let's see. I was hoping to find income inequality. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Limiting access to food stamps. In the midst of a pandemic that has so far claimed 120,000 American lives, to this day it is to this day it is now like over 265, uh, 40 and 45 million American jobs. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is doubling down on an effort to implement a rule change that would kick 688,000 people off the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, better known as food stamps. So that was something that they tried for. Uh, let's see. Uh, they push to reduce access to future benefits. The federal poverty line for a family of four is $26,200, but in 2019, Trump's Office of Management and Budget issued a notice that it was considered changing how inflation calculates into the measure. One suggested change would slow the growth of the federal poverty line over time, stripping millions of low-income Americans, including seniors and people with disabilities, of benefits like Medicaid and prescription drug funds over 10 years. So... Uh, there's that, it, uh, you know, that's, that's, that, I feel like that's pretty essential to the inequality gap when it comes to 
wages and income because that attacks uh, the vulner the most vulnerable. Um, I'm not seeing anything specifically here with the income inequality issue, so I'm going to have to leave. But a couple of those do seem that Trump was very anti-low-income uh, worker. Uh, let's see. We have FastCompany.com reports, while Trump boasts of economic growth, inequality deepens. And this article came out November 7th of 2019. And it reads... The economy is growing. The stock market is soaring. The unemployment rate has dropped to its lowest point since 1969. And President Trump consistently scores high approval on the economy than almost any other issue. As Trump asked a crowd of supporters this summer, how the hell do you lose this election, right? <laughs> but many economists say Trump's administration can't claim responsibility for these long-running uh, trends and the president's policies from tax cuts and tariffs to deregulation and weakening of the social safety net, have contributed to a less laudable development, rising inequality. The impacts of these policies are predicted to intensify in the years to come. Economists told Capital and Maine that halfway through Trump's presidency, in spite of a booming economy, low- and middle-income Americans find themselves in more dire straits when it comes to health care, housing, student loan debt, social safety net assistance, employee rights, and benefits from taxes and trade. Americans trying to work their way up from the bottom are feeling the brunt of all this. Government assistance programs essentially give American bootstraps by reducing poverty and increasing economic mobility, said Indivar Duda Gupta, co-executive director of Georgetown University Center on Poverty and Inequality. But he noted Trump's administration has gone after the bootstraps, and that is a systematic pattern. Perhaps most ominously, an administration known for its ambivalent relationship with facts is also seeking to change how the federal government measures poverty itself, which could reduce the number of people who qualify for basic assistance programs, including Medicaid, children's health care, and food aid. Although Trump ended, uh, entered office with promises of supporting workers, his administration has instead, quote, sold out the American middle class in a bait and switch that has benefited the nation's wealthiest and left the rest of us behind said Heidi Scherholz, a senior economist and policy director with the Liberal Economic Policy Institute think tank. Uh, Trump recently claimed that inequality is down, but the very next day, U.S. Census Bureau data confirmed that income inequality has hit its highest level since the federal government started tracking it five decades ago. The richest 1% of Americans now rake in one-third of the country's net worth, while the bottom half of the population scrapes by with only 1.2%. Quote, the economy is growing, 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 said shareholders, but the fruits of that growth are not broadly shared. They're captured by the people at the top. Today, wealth concentration has returned to levels last seen during the roaring 20s. That's a good sign. Notably, the wealth gap between white and black Americans has more than tripled over the past 50 years, leaving the median white family with almost 10 times as much wealth as the median black family. But the country can't blame Trump or give him credit for the decades-long trends that have led to the growth of the economy and of inequality, said Chuck Collins, the program director for the Progressive Institute for Policy Studies program on inequality and the common good. Collins likens the economy to a giant ship moving through the ocean with such mo momentum that there's only so much you can do to change its direction or slow it in the short term. Nonetheless, under the Trump administration, there have been so many lost opportunities to address the underlying drivers of inequality. On the contrary, Trump has routinely used his executive authority and regulatory reforms to push through aggressively regressive 
redistributive policies that have overwhelmingly benefited the wealthy and worsened inequality, as Philip Alston, the United Nations Special Rapporteur, who acts as a watchdog on extreme poverty. So, uh, this article is a bit lengthy, but check it out on fastcompany.com, while Trump boasts of economic growth and equality deepens. That is uh, that. They, they do dive in more into his actual policies and what that leads to, but it's just been part of the fabric of this nation. And how can we not expect it when we hired a, uh, a business reality TV star uh, to run our country? And everybody you know, who voted for him wanted him to run it like a business. And most CEOs of business are paid higher bonuses for reducing their expenses. And the government is really only there to spend our tax money. And so far, they've only used it to really benefit corporations rather than uh, the people who fuel corporations, which is the American citizen. But would we not say that he's probably done more than when we talk about the middle okay, class? Okay, I'll certainly give him credit for that, but there's the old idea that figures don't lie, but liars will figure. You have to take all these statistics with a grain of salt. Sure. Uh, that is how I'd reply to that. Right, but I guess we would need some other statistics to provide would. more insight if we we're going to make would. that uh, claim. And nice. I say this as someone who has directly benefited from Trump's tax policy. I employ everyone here. Um, uh, and uh, another, I think it amounts to 14 people. Okay. And if Biden's uh, tax policy is enacted, that's two people's salaries. Gone. Okay. <laughs> and? So you're asking a question, or what are you? The well, <laughs> 7% increase in income tax, uh, especially a corporate tax, that, that's going to cause uh, Steven Crowder to let go of uh, two people so that he can continue making the amount of money that he does. Saying that's I'm again, that, that's reflected. I mean, so I'm talking about the numbers, and you said we need some other numbers. As if going from a 21% to a 28% tax rate is going to break Steven Crowder when during the President Obama uh, Obama era, he was fine with like the 32%, I think it was at. So please, please. And now I'm giving yes. you an anecdote as well, which is 35. Um, seems to me that's important for the middle class, right? If people like me is. employ the middle class, we pay people well, we pay them significantly above the national average. and. We're going to have to find a way to cut costs of the equivalent to two salaries of people. Okay. And that's that's a number that you can see from Biden's marginal tax rate. Because it's not it's not Steven Crowder taking less pay to make sure that those people stay employed. Those people have to go so that Crowder can continue earning the pay that he wants to earn. Right, right, that he's presented. Um, so I disagree with you on the middle class. So it's fascinating that this guy uh, argued that he doesn't like Trump because he's selfish. And then Crowder just said that he's selfish in a uh, very subliminal way. But I, I could hear it. It was loud to me. It was loud from crowd. All right, fuck, lame. Uh, I'm in, uh, your, in, your foreign policy stance is interesting to me, but it seems to me like your issue is primarily with Donald Trump's personality. Yes. Okay, I understand that. Um, I wouldn't say that he w should win any congeniality contests, uh, but I do think that, uh, yeah, I think he's done a pretty good job as a president of the United States. Are there any other criticisms that you would uh, no. levy against Donald Trump, primarily the middle class yes. and foreign policy? Yes. Is there, if the numbers that I've given you today are not a lie, let's say as a professor of politics, you go home and you research that and you say, oh, you know what? The average household income has increased by $5,000. The average American across the board is paying $1,600, $1,800 less in tax. Yeah, but he has to also consider like how high uh, the wealthiest income has also risen. Let's see.
So $5,000 for the median family income. Um, but the Business Insider reports America's billionaires have become even richer since Donald Trump became president, and it says a lot about the country's record high wealth gap. So we actually have a record high wealth gap as well, you know, uh, saying a lot about uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, my brain's farting, says a lot about that, you know, warning from the 1920s. But this bulletin here says since President Donald Trump was inaugurated in 2017, America's billionaires have become 10.6% richer. Um. So it found that the combined wealth of America's 565 billionaires in 2017 stood at $2.7 trillion. That's double our trade deficit. Wow. According to that year's Forbes Global Billionaires list, by 2020, the number of America's billionaires had increased to 614 and their collective wealth to $2.9 trillion based on Forbes' most recent list. So... Um, see it says by april 10th according to billionaire bonanza reports analysis of forbes daily net worth updates the number of american billionaires had increased by another 15 to 15 people to 629 surging their overall net worth up to 3.2 trillion dollars a gain that occurred over the course of 23 days during the coronavirus pandemic and the coronavirus pandemic uh shot you know i think upwards of over 600 billion dollars also into the wealthiest people's pockets um but here's the thing uh the wealth gap is related to dynastic wealth so of course it's uh, intergenerational wealth that has to do with it so it's mostly inheritance rather than actually earning it which is uh going to continue the wealth gap uh, but, you know, Crowder is saying, well, believe the things that I said earlier are true, which wasn't the thing that the professor was disputing. He was disputing that there needs to be more statistics and context to go along with those figures in order to understand the full scope of what uh, Crowder is claiming that there was so much benefit to every American. I'll just have to research that and it would make me... If it's all true. If it's all true, I would... Uh... Give Trump a lot more credit. Okay, that's that's all I ask. If it's all true, and I ask that you research it yourself because, as you know, if a professor misinformation is abound nowadays. That's the whole deal. Oh yeah, it's a real problem. And uh, that's a says the guy who is uh, propagating the election fraud, rigging, stealing of the election spiel. So, actually, an interesting question I would like to ask you as a professor of politics. I assume that you also have to do uh, quite a bit of teaching as it relates to research. Yes. Um, what do you do to to keep yourself informed? on both sides of the issue right now. So where, how do you consume media and what's your process to filter out misinformation? Oh, I read uh, continuously. I uh, watch MSNBC and okay. I watch Fox News. I try to get every point of view that I possibly can. Because we do so much policy debate in class, I like to be able to present every point of view. Right. So that's what I do. I think that's actually that's a good idea. That's what I do as well, watching both sides. Right. And I think it's <laughs> In fact, I will have students uh, get up and argue. That's what I do point too. Of view that they don't agree with. <laughs> right. Where they could just, you know, say, "I love Donald Trump" or "I dislike Donald Trump," and why. And do you have a lot of students who are big fans of Donald Trump? Some. Mm-hmm. And do any? I teach uh, in a school that's uh, seventy-five percent Spanish-speaking. Okay. And, uh, again, he's not real popular with uh, black and Spanish-speaking students. That's not really true. 
Oh, uh, he's going to bring up the fact terms. that he got oh, okay. more Well, it depends on, votes. I think if we look at Spanish speaking as a monolith, that may well, be true, but it's very different from... on my part, then. Oh, no, that's, that's okay. I understand what you're saying, but, uh, I mean, he does have record high, even if we look at them as a monolith, black support and Spanish speaking support, but particularly uh, among legal uh, Hispanic immigrants and Cuban Americans. He, they're, they're... <laughs> yeah, he brought it up. And I gave uh, Trump credit in that in that podcast that, you know, he got more minority votes than I had expected. But here's the thing is it's still a very minor portion of his votes. It was still overwhelmingly white. So uh, let's not have that discussion, you know, just because he uh, had gotten some viewers of the marginalized groups does not mean that there is a large majority of minorities behind him. That's not, it's not what that means. And I honestly, I give most of the credit to, um, you know, thought leaders and talking heads who were able to convince people that Trump was a good idea because I feel Trump on his own would not have been able to convince them of that. Overwhelmingly supportive of Donald Trump. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Little. Thank I appreciate you. it. Let's do it big, fat, love, find common ground to hold the spread of lies. All right, well, all right, well, that was it. That was it, and uh, you know I went through it thoroughly. And if there's anything that I missed, please hit me up on Twitter at as a wave a z a w a v. You can find this on YouTube under Talks News. You can see, I don't know if I'm going to be streaming anymore on Twitch since it keeps shutting down my internet and it's been a thorn in my side. But that's been the episode of uh, Talks News, uh, absorbing all of that right wingedness for you. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it and had as much fun as I did. And with that, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to bid you adieu until the next episode. Uh, please stay very compassionate if you can. And uh, try to love thy neighbor no matter what gender they identify as. Peace. Peace.